folks welcome to another fun-filled episode of seishira the music explorers podcast as always i'm scoot magoo i'm jim jam and i feel like i say this every time but this might be our most eclectic review roundup yeah a lot I'm, of i'm gonna disagree with you you think so yeah because uh this is i think our first review roundup where there are vocals in every album. Like there are there are no instrumentals oh, here. All right, touche, touche. That's yeah. a that's a good point. But, but uh, I, I I but stylistically, yes, we're yeah. still all over the place. Um, yeah, and including uh, one release that I know I at the very least was very much looking forward to for a while, and another release that I, I quickly began to anticipate once I heard it was coming out and obviously we'll get to we'll get to all that but without further ado let's start off with one of the heavier albums we've covered you know one of the heavier new releases we've covered at least uh ophidian eye desolate is it is it i or okay so because i i never know what to make of whenever people like metal bands use you know i in an album or like a artist name because it could be one I, or it could be I personally I I think Ophidian I you know basically like I'm I'm the snake I think that sounds better than Ophidian, ah, okay. Ophidian one if it is Ophidian one forgive me but that's not I, don't know. I mean I, it's like, it, it, you're you're, pr- you're like I'm you're probably like you know 90% you know uh, like on target I mean, I, I'm just see. But my mind is like, okay, so there's Amon Duel one. Yeah. So now there's Amon Duel two. <laughs> so where, where, where's Ophidian two and three? <laughs> That's true. You know. That's true. If, if it was the name of the uh, if it was the name of the album, I think it would definitely be more, you know safer to say. It was, okay. Yeah. You know, one. Yeah. That, that that is true too. Um. Uh, yeah. So. I mean, I'll just you know, cut the facade. Uh, I I picked this. Number one, because I, I think it's a phenomenal death metal album. Really, really enjoyed it. Uh, but I also picked it because these guys are from Iceland, which is interesting okay. because there has been a really fecund black metal scene in Iceland. A lot of members of you know, kind of you know, members forming different bands, kind of a lot of you know, cross collaboration, and really stylistically all over the place in the you know the broader black metal world, but all with a very um, sinister. Uh, it, it's hard to describe, but it's a, it's a very consistent, just true to black metal's roots, but just has a lot more heft, a lot more um, richer songwriting, richer production. Um, not really much on the death metal side, though. It really, the, you know, the story from Iceland has very much been its black metal scene. So when I saw these guys were from Iceland, I, it caught my eye because I I genuinely can't. Remember the last time there was an Icelandic band of that wasn't a black metal band. Um, mm. So yeah, to me this this is definitely one of my uh, one of my favorite death metal releases of the year. I think pretty much right off the bat it earned that title. It, it's you know tech death at its core. A lot of um, I think it's being labeled progressive tech death. I think that's only because of you know the merging of different. Subgenres, namely, there's a lot of mellow death going on here too. A, yeah. lot, a lot of melody. I don't think it's necessarily progressive in the way that 
you know, like an Obscura is, for example. But definitely the the way that they blend the you know the technicality, the heaviness with some really nice melodies that are, are woven in pretty pretty subtly. Um, the, I mean, sometimes. Yeah, I, I just mean that it's not. It's not one of those cases where bands, you know, is praised for is praised for doing a bunch of different things and they they don't do them. Like I, I think that they merge them. Pre- oh, okay. Pretty I, seamlessly. I, I, I get what you meant. Yeah, I, I, I probably I, instead of subtly, I should have said seamlessly. I feel like there is a, a like pretty pretty nice flow between. Well, and, I I mean, if you just want to jump in, but my mind was more towards so like the opening track for this album is just like it reminded me of like almost like if Protest the Hero you know uh, yeah. what what was going for like a death metal type of thing like it's it's still clearly in death metal territory but like it has like those those like really flurrying guitars but more specifically the uh it had like this you know major you know key feel to it mm-hmm. um which is just so strange to hear in a death metal album uh, which I mean, I, I guess now you bring up like mellow death, I think it makes a little more sense um, because it's not entirely out of place there. I just like it, it took me by surprise when I was when I was listening to it. I'm like, damn, dude, just <laughs> like yeah. this, this is this is a new one. I like it. No, for you know? sure. That's why you know people were hyping this. You know, in, in circles I run in, and as soon as I turn on it, I could see why because usually. You know, obviously you have metal death bands, and you have you know tech death bands who, um, you know, they they're pretty dizzying melodies or pretty dizzying riffs. Obviously, very technical, but not doesn't have that like you said that kind of you know relatively bright you know prominent melodic focus. You know, I think it's still it's still classified as very technical riffing, but there's a lot uh, there's a lot of, of thought into composition and the kind of the tone that they get across. I also think, you know, beyond the guitars, the drumming in this, I mean, just right off the bat, those double kicks, every time I've, I've played this album, I just love the intensity that, you know, runs throughout it. Um, you know, as much as I like it, uh, the problem I run with, as much as I love death metal, um, it's, it's just, it's it's a harder genre to talk about because there just inherently is not a ton of variety. You know, they kind of like, mm. they, they do what they do and they do it well throughout the entire album, but it's it's very much cut from the the same cloth um and I, I don't know i don't know how to say that without making it sound negative but it, it's not just it the other thing you know the last positive i'll bring up is this is pretty concise for a death metal album it's it's just under i think it was 39 or around 40 minutes which yeah. usually in this genre you know these are easily 50 hour long um there's a lot of superfluous or unnecessary interludes and, and some of the songs are way too long i thought this was a pretty tight runtime which probably contributed to why i enjoyed so much beyond just the songwriting to be to be honest i see the runtime was kind of my biggest point of contention oh interesting um and i I think it's just because of i mean you know maybe this is me kind of wanting you know i i think it's like you know when you listen to a certain genre of music you kind of expect things a certain way Mm -hmm. and you know I, i think it's good to have your expectations played with but I think sometimes those expectations are there for a reason, uh, because certain music demands certain qualities. Basically, you know, like it, it, we've I think we've most obviously talked about uh, this in terms of like grindcore, mm-hmm. where like you know, putting on like an hour long grindcore album, 
is is not an easy feat. Yeah, that'd, that'd be brutal, honestly. Yeah, I have a hard it, time just, with that. Yeah, it, well, it's because you know you're just compressing that much information, basically. It, you know, or really, just you're you're almost. I, I but to go all the way back, you know, Grindcore is compressing all this stuff into as fast as possible. So, you know, you you don't want that long runtime. You want to be able to have something that's digestible, you know, and. I, I think with this, like, I think tech death kind of falls in the same sort of uh, area. Like, I don't know if it's just me, but, like, all of my favorite tech death albums um, are, you know, under half an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they keep them pretty sparse because, you know, you know what you're getting. You, you're, you're getting beaten over the head, you know, with that double kick. Yeah. And, like, that, you know, <laughs> those good, you know, freaking uh, tremolo picking, or not, not tremolo, uh, sweet picking on like you know fucking every track and everything like that you know it's it's a lot to take in and so i think that like that was a huge issue for me was just listening to like putting it on for that long like you know listening to that much uh, tech death for me is just a lot It's, it's a big ask so you know my attention would kind of drop off about halfway through hmm. i found like every single time and I also found, and maybe you can speak more to this than I can, because I, I probably should have listened to this a few more times. I listened to it twice. Um, and just considering the other albums that uh, we reviewed, I felt like they deserved a little more time um, just to, you know, go over, because some of them are kind of a lot to take in. Um, <laughs> but not to say this isn't, it's just I think, it's sort of a different type of dance, but I, anyway, um, yeah, it's I I felt like the like the some that like melodic nature that sort of started the album off. I felt like that died off really quickly, and it just felt like it was kind of straight. You know, I mean, maybe a little more towards the death metal end of tech death, like still technicality, but not like you know trying to like rip your face off in a way um but like i don't know I, I, maybe it's just me I, I i just felt like that 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 thing that energy that really got me going just wasn't quite there for the whole runtime yeah I, I think on repeat listens uh like i get where you're coming from i think there there is a good mix of you know, melody heaviness technicality throughout but you know on mm. first listen just that opening track um which i mean God, that's so bad with track I know. Th- th- that's uh, the thing. We, we are we are not professional at times. This is one of those. Well, times. I mean, I mean, unless it's the song I really like, just regardless of the album, I just don't. I just put an album and listen to it for what it is. Uh, Diamonds, the first, which is an app name for, you know, what yeah. we're talking about here. But uh, I think just that hits such a high right out of the gate that yeah, like on my first listen as as well, I I felt like, you know, it, the melody kind of tapered off after a while. I think on repeat listens, it's maybe incorporated a little bit more. Subtly, um, mm. but yeah, I, th- I think you're kind of saying. By the way, I'm glad there's other death metal albums I've thought about suggesting that are even longer than this. So I'm really glad. <laughs> I'm really glad <laughs> I haven't suggested them. Um, yeah. But yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, I, basically, you kind of get the vibe. For, this is true for most death metal albums. You get the vibe pretty early on, and then either it basically just doubles down on that throughout the album, and you enjoy it, or you know, you kind of tapers off after a while. Um, 
the appeal of this is pretty obvious from the get-go. And to your point, you know, the, the context of the albums we're reviewing, and I guess just other genres in general, um, this need maybe a little bit more to unpack from a whole album perspective. Whereas from this, mm-hmm. if, you, if you like what hap- you know, what's happening out of the gate, you're you know, probably going to enjoy it throughout. And if you don't, you probably won't. Yeah, I mean, I, the, there wasn't a point during any of my listens where I was like, nope, awful, turn it off. Like, no, because it, it, it's good. It's just, um, I, 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 it just didn't have that staying power uh, for as, as long as I thought it would. Like, really, like, that first track, Diamonds, was just like, I'm like, see, this is, like, this is proof that you can make a metal album that doesn't have to break any ground mm-hmm. in a way and still have it be really good. You yeah. know, and I, I, I mean, I still think it's good. I just, I, I, I guess it, it just, you know, the, the energy kind of fizzled a little bit for me. Yeah, I can feel that. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I still really enjoy this special just for me, but knowing where you come from in terms of, of death metal, I totally understand. Yeah, I mean, do, I, I really do feel like I need to you know, do a deep dive at some point into some modern, like, death metal because, I mean, I, I, I definitely have my experience in it, but I feel like I've lost touch a lot with it because I've been going down just weird musical rabbit holes instead <laughs> uh, that aren't necessarily related to even metal or really most normal music sometimes, so. Yeah, I, I have that too, where uh, I just am so into one genre, one specific um, you know, rabbit hole, so to speak. And then once I finally turn around and like, hey, death metal's a thing, I'm like, holy yeah. shit, this is great. I I remember why I liked this. Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Um, um, and now in the spirit of, of this column, or the spirit of this, this feature, so to speak, <laughs> we are on to something completely different. Uh, yes. It is the new Dark Side album I guess collaboration is accurate uh, Spiral uh, this is the second album from Nicholas Jar and David Harrington um, the former being a, a well known New York via Chile electronic producer and the latter being a uh, I don't want to say lesser known but I, I feel like th- this is you know I knew, knew about Nicholas Jar before Dark Side I didn't really know about David Harrington before that, but I think he was part of a kind of like a jazz rock trio album that I enjoyed a couple of years back. Um, so he's definitely been around. He's he's kind of the, the driving, you know, guitar voice, rock voice in this project. And this pro- is is he the person doing? Is he the vocalist? I believe he is, just because okay. I, I've not. So th- this is this is another one of those instances where I should have done research and didn't. You know, what, actually, I think they might both do vocals because I know you're not a huge Nicholas Jar fan, but on Space Is Only Noise, there are vocals that sound a hell of a lot like what you hear on on Psychic and certainly Spiral. Um, and it, yeah, yeah, just the, the music we have here. Um, so Psychic came out of nowhere for me in 2013. Uh, you know, I was aware of Nicholas Jar. But I hadn't really listened to him much, and you know, as is the case with a lot of albums, I end up loving the cover. Just really caught my interest. I mean, it helps that my favorite color is purple, and it just was a really striking image. Uh, music really followed suit. Um, just a very intriguing take on, I guess, the really, really nebulous genre tag of neo psychedelia. Um, kind of some 
you know, psychedelic rock, art rock, certainly more ambient, melodic, electronic textures going on. And I, I don't know why. Maybe I, I don't know if I eventually found a report confirming this, but I, I totally thought that they broke up. I totally thought they said said something to the effect of, you know, you know, we're, we're doing, we're not pursuing this. It's indefinite hiatus or something like that. So when this was announced, I think it was earlier this year, but they did release uh, Liberty Bell, the first single from this, back in 2020, in December. And you know, it obviously hinted towards that there might be a, a new album on the way. Um, yeah, I just was really excited to hear the the full project. Liberty Bell very much sounded like what I loved about Psychic, so I was excited to dive into the full project. And before we dive in, I know that you've had a you know it's a kind of different track record with dark side and i want to hear what you have to say um yeah so i i think it's not necessarily dark side but more nicholas jar in yeah, general yeah um and he's and he's a huge part of dark side sounds so that kind of makes yeah, sense. yeah yeah i mean see i i mean he's definitely one of the more up-and-coming producers from the last decade mm-hmm. like in terms of like electronic music or at least in terms of like sort of that you know indie blogosphere sort yeah. of electronic music um you know against all logic made made some serious rounds when that came out um you know i i guess i think it's just a lot of the descriptions applied to jar's music um just never seemed to be quite fitting for me and so i come in with poor expectations like we're with the wrong expectations i guess and um you know it's it's just I, I, I've never gone into a project and been like, you know, I don't like this as much as it's like just not for me. It's like just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've tried to listen to Spaces Only Noise a few times. Uh, every time he's come out with an album, I think I've tried to, you know, put it on, but I've never gotten too far in it. I know I borrowed Psychic from you, um, and I didn't really enjoy it. But I think for some reason I... I it was billed as a trip hop album to me. Um, I I don't know where that came from. I don't I don't know what type of it, what type of it, weed it, I was smoking then. <laughs> it, it is a, a an interesting, you know, intersection of, of influences. That was a nice triple I. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. But I don't think trip hop is a good was <laughs> a good or, or super accurate genre tag. Yeah, was, was that something you, you saw somewhere? Yeah, I don't remember where. Um, I, I really don't, it was, it, it was a long time ago, mm-hmm. so I just, yeah, um, in any case, yeah, but w- when they announced this album, I, I mean, I was, my curiosity was peaked, I mean, I, you know, they, they just kind of stand for me as like a band that, you know, I, I always want to check out because I want to like them, um, and I mean, unfortunately, it, it, it kind of has gone the same way with all my other experiences that it's just it's fine um i i think it's just like okay i i, I guess it, let's just i want to break it down a little bit because i it i feel like just saying oh it's fine is just such a blase you know lame way to just end this um because i think there's a lot going on in this album and i mean on a production end i mean it's you know it's really like i mean there are parts of it like in terms of 
the actual sounds that are happening, it's like fucking immaculate. Mm. Uh, you know, just sort of like those tribal, you know, I, that's the best way I can describe it, is kind of these these tribal drumming type of sounds, especially on the, on the, uh, the track The Limit, mm-hmm. and sort of and kind of narrow road a little bit. Um, you know, I, I we're just like, you know, I, all the production touches were really nice. Um, I, I think it, but I felt like, and maybe you will disagree, I don't know, feel free to jump in, that um, sort of, it felt like there was almost too much space at times. Like, it, it almost felt like the instrumentation was too sparse at times. Like, you almost wanted something more going on, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't in every track, but it, there were times where I'm just like, yeah, there's not a ton of, like, aliveness, <laughs> you know, almost in here. But I, I think um, just, I, I think part of it is, I, okay, well, first off, the, I felt like the vocals were just kind of boring. You know, it, the, it felt like it was the same type of, you know, delivery every track. Uh, and I, I just feel like that type of, you know, like it's, you know, kind of washed out a little bit. You know, you kind of have, it, it almost feels like, it's it's almost down in the mix in a way and just like it it feels like it's almost more part of the track than it is a vocal line if that makes any sense um you know i I just i feel like that's it's such a cliche now like i just feel like every psychedelic band out there or neo psychedelic band out there is doing that Mm. and it's just so old at this point that it's just like like why, why can't we do anything different with that? But I think just on top, like just the vocals were just not like, like th- there was just nothing that was like, okay, this is like interesting. Um, you know, but I think the bigger thing was just like, I, 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 I listened to this thing. I don't even know how many times. And it just like every time I, you know, was it, I, I guess it was twice. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's been a weird week, Scott. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I, Every time I listened to it, I was like, man, th- this just sounds like MGMT, you know? Th- 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 this just sounds like what MGMT was fucking doing, you know? I, to, to, to me, anyway. Like, I mean, sure, with, like, more interesting production, but just, like, okay. You know? And I'm just like, okay, so why? Like, like I, I guess I just don't get the pull. Um, that being said, um, I mean, I think... You know, um, I'm the Echo was a really cool track. Uh, the not the initial track Narrow Road, but just oh, I, I guess it is. I, I guess Narrow Road and The Limit were both really interesting. Um, except I, I Narrow Road took a little while to get started. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was just yeah, it, it it just really didn't do a ton for me to be totally honest. It and not to mention I just looked this up and apparently it's like 51 minutes. I'm like, yeah, uh huh, and just yeah. Th- there's some parts that were just uber repetitive. Um, the uh, the line on uh, Lawmaker where he's like, you know, he's wearing the doctor's coat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I-, I was like, okay, how m- like I-, I I wish I had like one of those little umpire strike counters for like every time I <laughs> could like just to just to count that because it was just like how many times this thing. <laughs> um, so yeah, unfortunately. 
but I, I kind of want to know what, what you're thinking about this right yeah, now. Yeah, I just, I, I didn't want to cut you off. I was really curious to hear your thoughts, but unfortunately, I kind of, not that, I don't say unfortunately because I don't like your opinion, just I wanted to like this more. Uh, I probably have a slightly more positive take on everything you're saying, but not, not significantly so. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the, the kind of the nail in the coffin for me is when I really started vibing towards the end of the album. I was like, oh, I love this song. And I realized it was Liberty Bell, which is the initial track that they released previously. <laughs> so it was, in terms of the new music, you know, new to me music, um, the, it really did feel, like you said, just too, too subdued. I mean, definitely, you know, I was... Okay, it's more subtle. Like there's, you know, a little bit more space. They're taking their time with the. You know, I was trying to find ways to rationalize it, and I, I do still enjoy it because what's interesting is it's not that it doesn't have whatever you know what I liked about. Um, it does have what I like about Psychic. It's just a tick below, and part yeah. of that, like, like you said, is that it just felt like. What was so great, or what I enjoyed so much about Psychic, is that there was this natural ebb and flow. I felt like the way that the you know the album went up and you know there were just there was different ideas on each track. Whereas here, I thought it was a little bit more homogenized. There was a little bit more of the same kind of vibe on every track. There wasn't as much, you know, there weren't as many tracks that truly you know stuck out themselves as there was on you know the, as was the case on Psychic. And part mm. of that is, um, I, what I love so much about Psychic is the way that David Harrington, I, I mean, it wasn't like his guitar was roaring on every track, but when it did show up, it was it was very prominent, it was very, uh, you know, like, very groovy, very psychedelic, it really just felt like... I mean, th- th- there are moments that he does that yeah, here, it's just, it's, it, just, it, it's, not, it's few and far between. Yeah, exactly, it's, it's certainly there, just not, just not to the same degree uh and yeah like i think like their debut felt like nicholas jar kind of reinventing old floyd records and this one felt like reinventing the lesser old pink floyd or like <laughs> newer pink floyd records just that are, were not just not as good um yeah i don't know i mean it, r- it really bones me out to to be to kind of be where I'm at with this, I still mm. I still enjoy it. Like every time I, I see, this is where I, I wish that I could. I know it's impossible. These this is one of those moments where I wish I could listen to music in a vacuum because I really am curious if you know if, if I you know hadn't heard Psychic and I heard this on itself, would I enjoy it more? Because I think it, it's re- it's really hard for me to escape the fact that. You know, I don't like this because I just think Psychic is a better album. I just, you know, I feel like this is kind of a a more, just a less interesting version of what I liked about them in the first place, which isn't isn't totally fair of a take, but it kind of it's how I'm feeling. Um, yeah, yeah. I I see. I wanted to listen to. I I actually had plans to listen to Psychic um, this week, and uh, those just fell through. Uh, they're both they're two very that would have been a lot of a lot of a lot of neo psych right you know back to back to back yeah i mean i yeah i see i i don't know if it's fair to compare them to to a band like mgmt 
Yeah, I was gonna um, say that, that that might be a hair too far, but I don't think it's. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I I guess what I mean is just like that that you know that neo psych sound. It just it just feels just I guess derivative, um, you know. And I I also want to just point out that MGMT like changed their sound up like significantly with their last album. Yeah. <laughs> like so, like e- even they're tired of it. Yeah, and I think and it's, it's interesting. It's, it's just. It's just weird that someone like like you know Nicholas Jar, who's supposedly this forward-thinking producer, is just like, no, like we're we're gonna we're gonna keep doing this. It it kind of it really is. You you kind of touched on this earlier, which is, is I totally agree with the. It is a pervasive issue in all all manners of genres that really lean on like reverb and space. It's just they really lean on those two. Like they just lean on the vibes and like the mood and just what reverb can do and just creating an atmosphere and creating a feeling and to mm-hmm. you know at the expense of you know in many in most cases the expense of songwriting at the expense of development of you know kind of creating a new intriguing song and and not just having pretty derivative ideas with you know a ton of atmosphere and reverb thrown on top i don't really think dark side totally I don't yeah. think they fall into that trap to, you know... Yeah, to... I, I, I feel like other other groups are way more guilty of that. Like, I mean, you can at least hand it to Darkseid with them. Like, you know, like, the, 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 there's nothing that's, like, mixed poorly. It, it's just, like, it's more like what's there is just so similar to everything that's come before it. Yeah, and, and for, for sure, this is a, a really, really good sounding album this this sounds yeah, oh yeah. really yeah, really good but I think yeah I just I just really wish that I don't know like again I just I really wish this was psychic but different and that's a really unfair thing to say but I just think what, what they were what they did on psychic was just a lot more interesting and it's, it's hard for me to yeah. get around that but I I don't know I think this is one of those cases where I've said before I think Fantano made a uh, review about this or like a video about this and I, I don't really I forget his stance so I don't want to mis- misplace it but uh, I really actually don't want Mad Villainy 2 because I guarantee <laughs> it is not going to live up to not just my expect- but most people's expectations uh, I mean obviously it, it's moot it's, it's moot it's moot at this point anyway but like I can see a world where they resurface you know some old recorded Doom you know unreleased Doom verses and then get a bunch of other people on it I, I don't want that. Please don't, please don't do that. To, to kind of, I, I mean, I, I guess um, similar similar philosophy here. Have you ever seen the Honest trailer for Half-Life 3? No. I know that, that <laughs> that's been like yeah. a meme forever. That it's, it's coming. Yeah. yeah, it's never coming And it's out. just like, you know, prepare to have your main brain melted away by, you know, what is truly video gaming as an art form. You know, <laughs> just like all this shit piled yeah. up. And it's like, yeah, that's... That's kind of Mad Villainy Two is is the Half Life Three of music. <laughs> yeah, and obviously at this point it's it's a little bit moot because Dune is no longer with us. Um, I but... I remember seeing. I mean, we're getting off topic, but I remember seeing news that uh, Stone Thor was actually going to put out Mad Villainy Two. Oh yeah, like that they were supposedly yeah. But but I mean it's July and we haven't heard anything about it. No, so I, yeah, I who knows? But, so I bring that up. All I'll say is that I would have been really, really fine with 
Dr. Psychic being just a one-off collaboration and like a you know cool album that I, I have in my collection indefinitely instead of um, but I mean maybe it'll grow on me I did I did yeah. I did enjoy like I never it never went from I don't like this to I think this is okay like I, I always enjoyed this it's just that I I think I was you, you enjoyed the previous one so much more yeah like at first listen I was like okay I like this but just not a lot, and that's bothering me. <laughs> and yeah, so, um, I, 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 I know what you mean. Yeah, like that's yeah. you know, it's not like other albums where it's almost like a its own form of Stockholm Stockholm syndrome, where you just listen to it so much until you force yourself to like it. Um, <laughs> which I don't think I've ever really done, but I definitely know. I think there was one. Oh, it was it was whoever reviewed. This is back when I wrote for the t- the new review, so this was quite a while ago. Uh, but the guy who reviewed Autotheism by the Faceless said he listened to it like dozens upon dozens of times and <laughs> like until he it clicked for him and I'm like that just sounds like you really really wanted to like it you know like, they, I, I feel like there's a fine line between you know that kind of what you describe as like musical Stockholm Syndrome and trying to give uh, like a dense listen um, like a fair shot yeah, uh, it's it's difficult to navigate between the two, or I, I guess uh, to to discern between the two, um, because I because I mean, frankly, for one of the one of the albums that we're talking about today, um, I you could almost blame you, you could almost say that I've had something like that. So okay, well uh, let's. Uh, I mean, I I, yeah. I don't think it's our next album, but let's it's find not. out. Yeah, okay. Um, so yeah, keeping in the vein of um, album, complete opposite. Yeah, keep, you know, keeping in the vein of albums by people with, I don't know. I, I had a seg- I had a segue in my brain, and it just it I, just died. I, I, I guess okay. So we're talking about Yellow by Emma Jean Thackeray. I'm before we start into it. I'm curious. Did you? How did you come across this? Was this um, something you found on Bandcamp today? So th- this actually was delayed a couple of weeks, which one of the reasons I picked it, well, I was interested to hear it regardless, but it just so happened to align with us recording this episode. You know, I think it was supposed, yeah. to, it was supposed to release earlier in July, and then it came out this past Friday, which is, you know, usually we, that's how we pick albums, not always, but anyway. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought the cover was cool. The description I heard was, you know, was cool, kind of a a mix of jazzy styles, you know, some new jazz, some fusion, some soul, some funk here and there. Um, I think the actual result is probably a little bit more, a little bit easier to describe than the tags that were thrown at it, but I don't think any of them were necessarily wrong. Um, And ultimately, um, so she's a band leader, multi-instrumentalist, producer from the UK. Uh, This very much fits into the UK jazz scene of the last, you know, however long, just like a lot of influences from adjacent genres that create a more, uh, I guess like a cleaner, more spiritual, like mystical vibe. I don't know. Like just, you kind of know it when you hear it. Um, Mm. I enjoyed this. Yeah. I liked it. It kind of felt like a more palatable and I really like Martin Roberts. So I'm not saying palatable as in, like, she's bad and well, this is a better did, version. Doesn't she take more of like an avant-garde? Yeah, so, know, so take I take on a lot of things. So maybe palatable. Like I mean palatable in, in the sense that this is a 
a more digestible, you know, people who don't really like the more abrasive and, you know, off-kilter take of Montner Roberts. This definitely felt like a lot of the repeated lines, a lot of the spiritual, you know, liberated imagery. A lot of that is, it really did remind me a lot of Montner Roberts, except cleaner. Um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> this is one of those cases where I really, I enjoyed this. I don't know if I... Yeah, I just... I, I think this is also a case of I expected a, a little bit more, a little bit more of an eclectic approach. I mean, the, the rate of music, literally, you know, funk, soul, it just it threw every jazz, R and B adjacent yeah. genre. And I don't. I mean, again, I think there are moments where you could be like, yeah, that, that's kind of funky. Yeah, that's that's pretty pretty soulful. But basically, this is just a, a contemporary spiritual leaning jazz album that is very well done, and I enjoyed it. But I don't know if I. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think if, if I, like, knew a more accurate portrait, I don't think I would have as been as excited to listen to it, but I still really enjoy my time with it. Yeah, um, you know, I, I don't know, seeing all those tags, that that's so bizarre. Also, uh, I want to get this off my chest before we go further. This is just a very quick, uh, side note. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed this, but the new Low album is number one for 2021, despite the fact that it still comes out in two months. Oh, yeah. People... It, it, it has like a 4.7, 4.07. I mean, maybe it leaked. Music right now. Maybe it leaked, but still, that's a, that seems a bit early. I it, it the, also, That just wow. pisses me off so much. I'm sorry, that cover does not really jump off the page, does it? Yeah. I I know. It's a... Like, I just... I'm like... like why is this why is this like why are you giving an album that hasn't even come out yet a perfect rating i know their last album was or one of their more recent albums yeah, yeah the, 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 the one with like the weird like i yeah double uh, uh double negative that, that yeah that was that was a good album so maybe people are just really drinking the yeah but I, I, don't yeah, I, I, I don't know like i mean I, i'm psyched for a lot of albums too but i'm not i'm not going into it being like this is going to be my album of the year oh like, i mean <laughs> you know? in any case that's way too early um yeah but a a anyway anyway so um you know to, to talk about these these genres that go into it i i can see where they're coming from and frankly like there were i, I could really hear a lot of different things like especially like with the first track mercury like i i thought this was going to be instrumental um, like completely instrumental, uh, and it, I mean, it, it was. I thought the vocals were really great, um, but you know, I Mercury was was mostly instrumental, and so w I, when I was listening to it, I'm like, man, this is like, this is like Electric Era Miles. Uh, it kind of reminded me of like Moandishi at some points. Mm -hmm. Reminded me of Sunra at yeah. some points actually. But when she started, you know, speaking, that what was that line? Um, I have it right here. I, to listen is to know, and to know is to love. Mm -hmm. Like that, I almost, I was almost waiting for someone to go, just burst and be like, "Space is the place." Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh, but yeah, and like even kind of reminded me of like sort of what what Dottolio Smith has been doing for like the last few decades. Um, you know, the, I, I, even there are even points of the album that reminded me of like Earth, Wind, and Fire, actually, uh, because like kind of like they're like. I, some strings going if i remember right you know uh but then you know on the i think it's like the next track say something it's just like fuck it here's a house beat for you yeah, yeah there was some fun <laughs> moments that's why yeah totally, i hear what you're talking about 
but it definitely because of the more those more modern touches it really drew me more to the UK jazz scene which makes sense because that's what yeah I, which I so I when I first heard that I was like okay like didn't expect that but like it works and uh you know listening to the album further i'm like yeah it does like and uh you know so i listened to this thing i think three times maybe four i can't remember now i um i i really enjoyed this thing like i think the third time really had a click for me in a big way um you know i yeah i mean there are definitely some some things about it that don't always um i don't want to say they don't rub me the right way but it's more like they um like i i guess there are just some odd choices sometimes Mm -hmm. throughout it um also a little thing i was trying to do research for this thing and the only reason the only way i could find um the drummer's name which is dougal taylor by the way and he's a fucking beast and just destroys it on this album um but the only way I could even find his name was through an interview on, I think it was, it could have been Bandcamp today. Uh, like, even on their Bandcamp page, they don't show a lineup. On on her website, doesn't show a lineup. Like, and it's true with the next album that we're going to review too, and I don't get, and like, I, I went to the label's website for the next album to see what the lineup was, and I still couldn't find it. Yeah, the- and it, that's something like, that always baffles me is that in, in the age where people expect and I think reasonably expect some pretty basic information just to, as they're diving into yeah. them to not it's, have it's, it it's really not even bizarre. like it's, it's not even like I'm like oh yeah like I, I, I want to know exactly what rack mount gear yeah. <laughs> you guys were using in your studio yeah <laughs> like I, I, I don't care I like I I want to know who's on the album. Yeah, exactly. No, there's <laughs> like times Christ. where I've checked the Bandcamp page and I'm like, wow, they really like, went for the and, the sparse take here. And here's the thing: is is like it's you're putting this album out on a record label, like a business that is investing money in this artist. So you would think that they would try to do their darndest to like you know make sure that all this information is properly disseminated. Yeah, but no. Uh, By I, the way, regardless. I appreciate you used the word darndest and disseminated in the same sentence. Yeah, I, I you know, that's how it is with me. Things things just kind of fall out of my mouth, man. Yeah. Uh, take that as you will. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, so I mean, I'll say, I, 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 so I feel like we kind of had like a reverse dark side here, if you will, that uh, I enjoyed this a little more than you did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I... I, I think it's just it's it's nice to see sort of uh you know a jazz album that doesn't feel um sort of bogged down by its influences but at the same time you know it like like it's sort of like a, it it's very Janus faced in a way that it you know it looks back and forward at the same time um like it felt I, I guess similar to the Ophidian I you know album that it felt like like here's a presentation of an album that can do a lot with you know what's already been done simply by virtue of the person putting it together you know being able to combine those elements in a way that feels consistent with their vision um but you know i all this being said is like there are some i mean the track like uh the track sun you know like the, the, there was never a track here that i disliked but i feel like Sun is a good example of a track that 
I felt like got a little repetitive at times. Um, you know, and I felt like, you know, sort of that spiritual aspect of it. Um, I liked a lot of it, but at times it could come off a little, um, I don't want to say preachy, but, and not necessarily disingenuous, but just kind of, kind of a little much. And then, but, but then you have like something like, uh, the track Golden Green, where she, she uses the line that it it smells like biscuits. (laughs) And and I'm like, what? But like, were you just talking about like, like, you know, psychedelic consciousness raising? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Like what? So I'm going to try to do this really quickly. My neighbor decided to mow the lawn. I'm going to close my windows. One sec. Okay. All right. <laughs> Gotta love these lols, man. Uh, personal pet peeve. I really hate when people mow the lawn on weekday afternoons. I don't like that. Yeah. I, I mean, it's not even a weekday afternoon. It's it's it's, it's 5.52. It's evening. Yeah. Evening. Yeah. yeah. After five, I'm trying to enjoy my time. Do it on the weekend. Anyway. Um, yeah, I don't. No. Hopefully, like I'm not trying to sound. I mean, I guess I can't avoid. I'm not trying to sound like woke or anything like that. But some of the some of the kind of spiritual, like third eye kind of stuff. Um, I think isn't isn't there actually a song called Third Eye? Yeah, um, yeah. It hits a little, tool did it better. <laughs> it hits a little bit different coming from coming from a white artist versus a black artist. I, I don't, you know, I mean, I guess take that for what it is. Like, I don't, I don't think it's, like, problematic or anything like that. But. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think it's funny that that's the one thing. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, anybody's capable of being a spiritual, if, if you ask me. But, I mean, I, I, I it's, th- there's a certain awkwardness at times with the spiritual aspect of it. Like, it almost feels like it's, like, a side thought. Yeah, almost. Yeah, I, I think um, I think where I'm co- this just reminded me of so many like hashtag deep spiritual white people that I went to high school with. Eat, eat, pray, love. Yeah, type like, of thing. and so yeah, yeah I mean, I, it's not a hundred percent because of race. It's just that was the most succinct way to put it. Like it just felt like, uh, yeah, it just if it felt yeah. a little bit, a little um, bit different. I mean, for it's me. like I, I, I guess I, I, I don't want to assume that you know, these themes are coming or aren't coming from a genuine place. Uh, because I, I feel like everybody kind of has their own journey to go on, you know, and they're kind of in their own, you know, they're at their own spot where they are in, in their own journey, I guess. Yeah, for sure. That's fair. And and so, and, you know, I'm, you know a, I'm not a very, uh, I'm not a very spiritual person in general or, or yeah. religious person. So I think that's probably why I was less, I don't know, like, I just always assume when someone like Martin Roberts kind of leads into religion in that way, it just feels like, kind of from the Southern Baptist tradition, I can kind of, I can picture, I can wrap my head around that. Um, I don't know, like, a, a lot of these just felt like, yeah, I mean, I think that that's a better way. It's just, it felt very awkward, it just kind of felt, it just, it didn't, yeah. it didn't hit. I mean, I, for the most part, I really didn't have a problem with it, but I think there were just little moments, I mean, gold, Golden Green was probably the biggest one, because I'm just like, how does... How does anything smelling like cookies have to do with literally everything else you're saying here? Like, it just feels like such a strange, strange line. Um, but, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm really, I feel like I'm splitting hairs here. Uh, because I, I think instrumentally, 
there's just a lot of really great moments. There are a couple of points where, um, uh, you, like, it reminded me of, I, I'm trying to remember the exact, it, it could be, actually, I think it was Golden Green, um, sort of the baseline on that, reminded me of uh, the track Bubbles from uh, Herbie Hancock's Manchild. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, they, you, you, you can really hear a lot of, you know, last century's jazz in it, but it's all through this new lens. So, like, I, I don't know, I, I, I liked it in that regard. Um, yeah, I, I really don't have a ton to say because it wasn't, there wasn't, like, this overwhelming, you know, need to talk, you know, forever about this, I guess, in this segment for me. Like, I, I feel like if, if something like listening to Kamasi Washington, you know, in sort of what his cohorts have been doing, you know, someone like Cameron Graves, you know, if that interests you, definitely give this thing a listen. Um, you know, but, you know, I think maybe for someone who wants like a Sons of Kemet, maybe I wouldn't go for this. Um, but I mean, personally, I wouldn't go for Sons of Kemet. So. <laughs> I felt like yeah. that, that was just, that was waiting to be said. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I mean, uh, I think, unfortunately, this is another case of, like, I did really enjoy this. I kind of wish that I hadn't, hadn't checked Raven Music before. I wish I just went into this for what it was. Um, and I think the more times I listen to it, because each subsequent listen, you know, listen to this, well, I guess subsequent is a little bit much since I only listened to it twice, but um, this is my second listen. I definitely enjoyed it a bit more. I think just having, like, I was expecting something very. This just sounded like a lot of the stuff I've been hearing out of the UK for the last few years, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think it did, it did what it did that sound really well, but it wasn't kind of the mind bending fusion of funk and like so. It just it didn't it didn't have all the elements that I thought it would have presented as kind of forwardly as I thought it would, which is, again, yeah, I, not, not super fair, but that's it's It's definitely, like, I, I feel like whenever an album like this comes around, the rollout for it and the marketing for it is always a little bit misleading. Um, you know, and unfortunately, like, this is also, you know, it's it's kind of the case here. Um, I, I feel like a lot of those descriptions are, like, half descriptions, like, they're half-truths at best. Um, because, I mean, you can definitely hear a lot of stuff be happening but you know would you call it exactly that like no i think it's something new you know it's but 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 not new in the way that it's completely alien to us mm-hmm. i don't know uh i feel like i'm talking to my ass at this point so i think maybe it's time to move on to yeah. our last album speaking of completely alien um, oh my god that's not a great um i i, I mean I, I i i don't think you're wrong though yeah um, House of Low, House of When, um, Alexis Marshall. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, you know that we uh, we rather fancied ourselves uh, the last daughter's album, which was yeah. I, it, it took a while though. It did, but it, again, it's one of those. It reminded me of the first time I listened to Piron, uh, Mother of Virtues. Is I just I didn't quite like it at first, but I just I want like I wanted to like it and. A couple of listens later, it clicked for me. Like I just felt like there was something there I would appreciate, but I just it didn't quite work for me. Same with daughters is I, I liked it. I, I I didn't get the hype at first, I guess, and then the mm-hmm. more I listened to it, 
I actually returned to it because I was like, you know what, I just feel like there's something about it, and lo and behold, it really clicked for me. I totally get why people enjoyed it as much as they did. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I, I loved Daughters before they came out with this album, not to be one of yeah, those, you know, I, I liked it yeah. first. No, it, it, it's Pushes just like up, I was... Fame glasses. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I was a really big fan of, of their self-titled album that they put out in Hydrahead before they broke up. Um, and so, like, you know, to sort of their return to like it wasn't really a return to form for them it was it was definitely like a lot it, it was very different from what they had done previously mm-hmm. um you know but all it says you know i think both of us were really looking forward to another daughter's album which you know you would think that it would be due soon and i think this is the reason why it hasn't been out since because alexis marshall who's the front man for daughters uh put out this solo album on sergeant house this year yeah, um, his solo debut. Uh, I guess he had been teasing this since 2020. Uh, Nature and Three Movements came out in August, so it, this is no excuse for me having literally no idea this was coming out. I, I don't know why. I just I didn't. I want to say that that I was aware of it. I I, I just hadn't um, put. Uh, I think I had something on my calendar about yeah. it. Yeah. But that was about it. But it's weird because this this is came out it's like Sergeant. Like I follow Sergeant House. Sergeant House is is you know good label in terms of promoting things. I genuinely, until I was putting oh. I was putting together last mm-hmm. week's release day roundup post, and I was like, oh, because I remember. And then I was like, wait, I think that you had suggested. It. Well, you know, lo and behold, you had suggested we talk about it, and then I looked into it, and I was like, oh, okay, this is all kind of coming together. Um, I, we bring up daughters. Obviously, it makes sense why. Uh, I don't think that it's not one v one. This def this is definitely a unique, yeah, unique project. I mean, For there's sure. there's certainly it's one of those cases where there's overlap in what fans might like what what fans might have enjoyed about he, yes. the last album. I totally get yeah, why they would care. If if you want like bone crushing despair, uh, and just darkness and, and just like sitting in like a shadowy room like in the fetal position crying because you're so scared of things in like the world uh this is this is the album for you uh so so i'm guessing i'm guessing you enjoyed it then (laughs) am am, am i am i really like that no (laughs) no i'm just saying that like that 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 sounds like the kind of harrowing description you'd give to a really affecting piece of art so this is uh yeah, I, 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 I guess we'll get into it. Um, I first off though, because um, I feel like some context is important for this album um, that I managed to find uh, not on Sergeant House, strangely enough, because you know why would a label you know put any effort into showing any information about their artists? That that makes too much sense. Um, I got this from a podcast called uh, Artist Decoded. Um, which I still want to listen to it because it's uh, they did an interview with Alexis Marshall. Um, it says, uh, produced by Seth Manchester, the album is crafted around moments of spontaneity and sonic detritus. For the album, Marshall brought together an impressive group of collaborators to execute his vision, a vision that for the first time was under his full creative direction. John Syverson from Daughters, Kristen Hader, also known as Lingua Ignota, Evan Patterson from J. Jail and Young Widows joined Marshall in Pawtucket, Rhode Island at Machines with Magnet Studio with no material. The strategy was to embrace new sounds, employ the element of chance, and capture the creative process in a song format. 
The genesis of a song could be anything, a fragmented piano line, a drum pattern, but the impetus was often a non-musical sound. Marshall sourced a lot of his textural contributions from a hardware store, all contributing to a proto-industrial rattle and rumble reminiscent of early Einzers and Neubauten. So I think given that, uh, and I, I will note that I didn't know this on my first listen, um, I think it wasn't until my second that I actually looked into this. Because um, that's the thing with this album is that it's, 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 it, I think it's more difficult of a listen than the Daughters album was. Mm. Like, then uh, you won't get what you want. Uh, because I think you, they're just coming from two completely different places. Like, you know, I think with Daughters, you've got like a full band going on. You know, and you're actually crafting songs, and you know you're really spending. Well, it's not that they didn't spend time with them here. It's it's more like I felt like there was a lot more of a process going in. Do you know? I I, I guess a lot more of a group dynamic in "You Won't Get What You Want," and whereas I I feel like here, you know, everybody who is in that lineup, I felt like was more of a contributor than they were you know um like a member of a band mm-hmm. and so i think as a result you know you come out with an album that is very sparse sounding very empty sounding um you know sometimes to a fault and i think you know so the song structures here can be non-existent i guess at times um all the while you know alexis marshall is just doing his like kind of like metalcore Elvis thing <laughs> over I over these, you know, instrumentals that are like, you know, can be anything from, you know, a screeching sax solo, uh, you know, to, you know, just, you know, uh, dark piano, acoustic guitar, uh, you know, the sounds of things being broken, you know, <laughs> uh, Kristen Hader shouting and screaming, um, a lot of noise, uh, you know, sort of almost like power electronics-ish type of, um, you know, staticky, jittery moments. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. Um, but, I, so I guess, first time around, listening to this, I was not a fan. Like, I found this thing really disappointing. Um, and just, I, I think probably the biggest critique, which I still think holds true even after three listens of this thing, uh, is that Alexis Marshall has great lyrics, but I, I felt like he, repetition was, was this album's worst enemy in a very, very large way. You know, like, um, what was the line? My, my guilt is an anchor off of the first track even. And, you know, he repeats that line at least 10 times within the frame of a song that's like four minutes long. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's just a lot. It's a lot to take in. You know, it's just sometimes it feels like there's not enough going on. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I mean, there are obviously some awesome points. I mean, uh, Religion is Leader with uh, Kristen Hader on that was fucking insane. Uh, you know, just hearing her scream makes me like really excited about the new Lingua Ignota album, honestly. Um, 
Yeah, but like, yeah, was not really a fan the first time around. I think it, I, I've described it here. It's a it's a cool concept. There are a lot of cool ideas, but it still falls flat a lot. It feels like each track either needs to be cut down significantly or more fleshed out, because as most of them stand, it just comes off as repetitious and often boring. Um, which I, I say that, and th this was on my first listen. Um, I mean, I, and I say that. I mean, because I, I I think just I think in terms of them being songs, like I think the performances are just out of this world. I think Alexis Marshall brings his A game for every fucking track here. Mm -hmm. It's just that sometimes he doesn't have, you know, it, it sometimes it just doesn't feel like it's the most put together thing. Um, but okay, so second time around. Um, I definitely heard a lot more detail going on. I think having this um, context was very helpful that they came in with no plan, really, and, like, no song ideas. Nothing was, like, pre-rehearsed or anything like that. They just went and did this thing. And so I think th there's a level of um, not necessarily I improvisation, but there, there's definitely, like, like that little blurb said, just taking, you know, sort of um, taking hold of, you know, spontaneity um, and sort of letting that guide and propel the album. Uh, you know, I think that made things a lot better for me. Um, you know, still had those problems. And then today I listened to it for the third time and, I mean, I, I still have my critiques about it, but I really started enjoying it uh, this time around. And just the ferocity of some of these tracks is is just startling at times and just hearing these lyrics like again and again sort of come and so, sort of like really hearing what they're saying this time is like fuck like and then sort of hearing you know, there's a track uh, so there's, there's uh leader as religion and then there's religion as leader mm -hmm. and it's interesting to hear sort of the sonic differences that they're kind of like inverse like they, they, they're kind of the opposite of each other in a way that like leader as religion is like this very toned down acoustic guitar you know Alexis Marshall's kind of like more of a spoken word type of thing almost whispering at times and then you know the, the following track is just like nope like Kristen Hader's just going just, just way going way forward you got a lot of distortion going on yelling all of that great stuff you know, and even though the lyrics are almost exactly the same, um, but yeah. So all I say, I I really enjoyed this. I, I I really hesitate to say whether it's, you know, album of the year material or anything like that because I really want to spend more time with it. Uh, but I really want to know what you have to say because I feel like I've been just talking my ass off and not letting you say anything for the last like 10 minutes so no yeah I, I had a similar experience to you I would say uh, I landed probably like a, a notch below on the excitement scale I, I only listened to it twice so I definitely again there's a lot of potential here I think in terms of what it's going for it's incredibly effective and incredibly successful um, it just it was a it was a a really dense combination of being like really sonically intense and honestly a little overwhelming at points um, mm. but also it almost a, like there were each song had you know a relatively like a only a few 
major elements or like not a ton going on but just those yeah, elements see, were producing exactly so much yeah uh, and I just I, I feel like I mean it's really impressive I really as I broke down each song on my you know kind of tried to hone in on each individual track on my second listen I, I felt like there's more there I felt like and I don't know because I feel like I could probably say the same thing about Lingua Ignota and Pharmacon so I don't really know why those have clicked for me more easily than this did and I, I really want to unpack that because I think this this has a lot of the a lot of elements that I've enjoyed on other albums and kind of the same ilk, and I just I think it's again it's super effective, um, super effective in what it's trying to do. Uh, I wonder if it's just kind of a headspace thing. If I need to you know give it some time and revisit, maybe you know the you know the last few days since this came out, you know really just hasn't been you know I, I haven't been in the mindset to listen to this kind of music. Because mm-hmm. like it just, it's re- it's really hard to listen to this and not acknowledge that this is quite, you know, this is just this is such an intense statement. It's it's really impressive what he's pulled together here. It's just I don't know if my enjoyment really hit fully, and I, I want to yeah. I want to give it more more of a shot. Yeah, I see. I I feel like that's the key here is is you know listening to it. A few more times and in kind of trying to dance that line between stockholm syndrome and and really giving it a shot Mm -hmm. because i i think that's where a lot of the science because i i know that every time i listen to you won't get what you want i i enjoy it a little more every time like it's definitely like a it's a it's a grower not a shower Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i think this is even more the case here just in terms of just sparseness because i think you know you're not working with a band dynamic here. Mm-hmm. You're working with one person's creative mind and sort of taking it however you will, which now that I'm thinking about it, the whole thing kind of reminds me a lot of Scott Walker in a way. Mm. Yeah, Just totally like, like if Scott Walker listened to a bunch of White House, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, it's... Yeah, I, 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 I'm still very... I'm still a little divided, I guess, on this. I mean, I, I, I think I can't state enough how much um, the repetition can often be this this album's biggest Achilles heel. Just be, because I like I I think it's interesting to to take a line and repeat it so often that you know it it takes on like new meaning almost. But sometimes it can come off as as just poorly executed and and kind of like i don't want to say lazy but but definitely like felt i almost kind of effortless in a negative sense um like that i think the overall like sometimes the emptiness that this album has sonically doesn't always feel like it contributes to the enjoyment of the album as much as it seems like it's more of a flaw of the album but perhaps that might be just because it's a limitation of what's going on i i I don't really know the exact like it's not like we're in the studio with these people Mm -hmm. um but it's yeah so it's it's definitely rough around the edges and not and i don't mean that in a you know it's so raw type of way although it is very raw and very just emotional and 
just dark as fuck. I mean, this is like it's, it's kind of like early swans too. Like the, the, there's a lot of like that that grimness that that shows up a lot. Um, yeah, that's why it's hard to you know. I think it's this is one of those albums where I remember when we listened to Mersbell on the way back from Keen with. Andrew and he's like, like, what do you, what do you like about this? Like, what do you enjoy about it? And it's just, it's different. You're listening to a pop record versus listening to a really harsh noise or industrial rock, you know, rock or industrial album. Like, it's different types of enjoyment. So yeah. I think certainly in terms of what this type of music is supposed to do, I think this this excelled. You know, really, um, it was very challenging, very overwhelming, intense. Um, I just I want my kind of genuine inner enjoyment to to get there. So I definitely think that there's room for that, and I I want to keep trying to to get there. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so I I, I guess mixed to positive all around for most part. Um, I mean, I I still really want to give this a few more listens just to really kind of get it in there because my my listen today was was weirdly eye-opening for me mm-hmm. so <laughs> i'm uh i'm looking i'm look. i'm i actually look forward to listening to this again so all right well do you want to talk about albums of the week i would love to all right well uh, why don't you go for it yeah so i have been on i don't know i, I just kind of after we talked about Master of Reality, I really wanted to finish or try to like flesh out my Black Sabbath collection. There was a number of, you know, core releases from the discography I didn't own. And it's hard to pick just one. Um, but I, I have to say that Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, really, um, I don't know, it, it really hit different. And it's, it, it was interesting listening to you know, I, I just, I, I want to try to complete, I mean, I've definitely slowed down a little bit as we're getting to some of their more unsavory later albums, <laughs> yeah. but th- there, are some, there are some really good albums sprinkled in there that, that I genuinely enjoyed, where they were doing some, um, doing some cool things, specifically uh, Dehumanizer, I thought was really, really cool, um, that is one that they released in 92, and they recorded it with, um, you know, Ronnie James, James Dio came back for that. I think after they recorded a few albums, it, with. is is that the one with the pilots on the cover? No, it's one. It has like a Grim Reaper. It looks like an old, like an OG, metal, like heavy metal album. When, you know, the fact it came out in '92 is interesting. Um, but because I'm, I'm trying to think of which. Okay, I I don't think I've ever seen this album cover actually. Yeah, I, I mean, think about definitely it. some. Uh, some deep cuts in there that I've, I've really appreciated. Uh, I really like that. Um, I couldn't find it for a good price, but some of the songs on Tear, which is like a, a like a Viking tribute album, seemed really cool. Um, but yeah, it. After listening to, I, I kind of feel like Sabbath Buddy Sabbath is is the last. Maybe flawless isn't the word because. This is, you know, very raw, early heavy metal, hard rock, but, like, Sabbath, Blade Sabbath, it was, the, like, the last album that at least I bought until the Ryan James, James Dio era, and even then, like, some of the albums they recorded with um, Ian Gillen from 
Deep Purple are a little shaky. But I feel like... And uh, Tony Martin, too. Yeah. Is, um, yeah. But just South by South was just really... I felt like they really were coming into their own being, you know, deciding what they wanted to, to sound like. You know, they had a few albums under their belt to iron out the blues influences and just you know, become more of a heavy metal band. And I think more importantly, they hit on some of the more like arena-esque hard rock stuff in like a more like a classier way like some of the moments on uh, sabotage to a lesser extent definitely technical ecstasy and certainly never say die it kind of felt like like honestly the, the words cheap trick or like that kind of like really schmaltzy <laughs> hard rock band genuinely came to mind where I'm like wow this just sounds like this sounds like something where when a dad puts it on and his kid's grown it's like what this is real rock like that kind of stuff yeah and I feel like Sabbath Buddy Sabbath as I was listening back through the discography is just such a such a great peak for a really amazing run starting obviously with their self-titled and again only three you know self-titled Paranoid Master Reality Volume 4 and the Sabbath Buddy Sabbath that's 1970 to 1973 that's an incredible run and I think you know things oh, yeah. start to get a little shaky from there um, but yeah I just I, I they're I mean, hot take blocks. Good album. Yeah, I mean, hot, yeah. hot take Black Sabbath is good. I guess is kind of the, yeah. the TLDR. But yeah, and, and I mean, the, the, this is the one with the deathbed too. Yeah, probably one of my favorite covers from their early era. I think they have a lot of really cool album covers, and then some also not cool album covers. Which will I will leave you with this is I happen to find like a ten dollar promo copy of Seventh Star at um, oh yeah. At Newbury Comics, I was picking up Chipotle for Lauren and I, and I was like, oh, that's weird. I just happened to be collecting it. Um, a couple notes. So first of all, the, the album cover and the way it's, it's credited is Black Sabbath featuring Tony Iommi. I don't know what happened in 1986, but apparently Tony Iommi became a featured artist. and is like <laughs> not, But weirdly enough, he's on the cover in what oh, looks okay. like... I, I'm looking on Wikipedia right now. It says... Um, uh, it was originally recorded and intended to be the first solo album by Aomi, and due to oh. pressures by Warner Brothers and the prompting of the band manager, the record was billed as Black Sabbath featuring Tony Iommi. Uh, later releases labeled the album as simply by Black Sabbath, though. So you've got something rare, I guess. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah. Uh, it's it, it just very much... It's... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If you want to listen, it, it, so I, just to put it nicely, not an essential Black Sabbath album, but that cover, it's just like wow, this is. It looks like <laughs> their take on like a, like a romance novel for metalheads, uh, with Tony Iommi and like a leather. It, it, it kind of looks. He kind of looks like um, like John Oates. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh man. I I actually can can we do that now? Like Black Sabbath covering Rich Girl. I, I mean, you'll have to ask them, but I would definitely, I would definitely listen to it. Oh, you're a rich girl, but you gone too far, and you know it don't matter anyway. I feel like that quote from The Dark Knight really applies to older metal bands. Like either, you know, basically either you, you break, you break <laughs> you, up you, you really live enough. long enough, you, you die the hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> either. 
they break you like oh man i wish that they had stayed together they would have made some great music or like yeah you don't need to listen to these like four albums they're just trash oh yeah like, I, I actually speaking of have you listened to the new iron maiden single no i i honestly i i haven't but because i mean it's partially just because people who i know are big iron maiden fans have said that it's not very good but it is it is really disappointing what's really turned me off at all is just the fact that i just can't imagine they have that much left in the tank at this point um like even the the newest judas priest album i mean i thought it was good i enjoyed it but i mean it wasn't it wasn't insane. People like, really like that thing. Yeah, and like definitely, um, I, I I don't think they're wrong. I just I don't like it I as mean, much as they do. Um, I, I I think after an album like Nostradamus, I, I I don't think it's it's difficult to uh, you know follow that up in a way. Not, not, not that that was bad. It was just a lot. There's a lot to take in. Yeah, but yeah, I I, I get what you mean. Just, like all I have to say is like even like the best example of like old. You know, old souls coming back for another another success is still like pretty good so to see that people who like the band don't really like this and also it's so long like i think like the the new iron Maiden album ends with like two or three like 10 minute tracks or something like yeah that. it's it's another double album and it's like why like you don't like you don't have to do this you could literally just tour i mean obviously not the last couple of years but you could tour every two or three years just playing the old stuff and no one would be upset with you like you yeah, do, I mean, that's, you, that's what Billy Joel's been doing for the last, like, yeah, 30 years. Like you, just, you really don't have to... You don't have to do this. You don't have to. It's okay. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. what's your album of the week? Um, yeah, my album of the week is, is kind of the complete opposite of Black Sabbath. It is... Uh, uh, well, uh, you know what? Let me just make sure that this is... Yeah, okay. They, I, I'm trying to make sure that it actually came... That I actually listened to it this week. <laughs> and I did. It's just been a long week. Um, it's uh, Ta the El Daoud by uh, Alice Coltrane, uh, which is just a beautiful album. Beautiful, kind of like, yeah. I guess I mean I feel like this is one of the few actual spiritual jazz albums there there are. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I I really I haven't listened to this album a ton, but I had it on the other day because I just I I think I random clicked Discogs as I said last week. And uh, this showed up, and uh, yeah, it was really great. The uh, there's a track on it called uh, Turiya and uh, Ramakrishna, that is basically Alice Coltrane just doing like a blues solo for eight minutes, and it's amazing. Like, I yeah, I I it was like the album I needed to play that day for me. Nice. So yeah, really big fan. I can't wait to uh, you know put some more stuff like it on you know um it's just cool to have that in my collection it's cool to have um what's a journey to, to session and uh however yeah session na, 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 and, uh. <laughs> anyway um yeah okay yeah, yeah so the, we will the, 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 be yeah, back next week that, that's a that's a good one i have to I think i bet back when i was uh more regularly buying new expensive vinyl uh, I bought that new uh, Ray Comics, and it's a very it's like one of those nice new impulse reissues. Uh, really, really yeah. like. I mean, say what you will about like jazz reissues and whatnot, and you know, I know like that that Coltrane reissue that felt like they were just you know 
cash grab. I mean, and th- that wasn't even a reissue. That that was a that was just a posthumous album. Oh yeah, yeah. Or you know, you know, like yeah, those kind of you know, those kind of newer, yeah. the kind of jumping on the vinyl trend. But they, I mean, every every one that I've I bought, like every one I have, like the pressing is really like really really thick, like really oh, really yeah. nice vinyl, really nice product, and of course the album is really good too. Yeah, and I didn't know that Joe Henderson is also on the song, which is oh. kind of cool to sort of see someone like Joe Henderson. You know, I, I mean, he might have done a lot of free jazz stuff. I, I just haven't explored his career a ton, but I know him most as kind of being more in that like bop era of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so interesting to just see him sort of. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I guess this isn't a too out there album, um, all things considered. Um, but you know, still. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't have anything else to say. So, I, I, I. Do you have anything else to say? No. Thanks as always <laughs> for right. joining us. All right. Well, yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, if you're interested, uh, you know, if you want to hear more, just, you know, listen to us on uh, iTunes, Pod, Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast, basically. Uh, we're on all of it. Uh, if you follow us on Anchor, too, you know, whatever works for you. And uh, definitely be sure to follow us on Twitter. And if you ever have any suggestions, topics you want us to talk about or questions, anything like that. Uh, be sure to email us. Yeah, uh, we're at, at Seishara Podcast on Twitter, and our email, I think, is Seishara Podcast at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Bye.